It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The FT. Mortgages. Historic low loan rates for low-risk borrowers. Currency funds. Is foreign exchange suitable for private investors? And payment protection insurance. Will the cold calls ever end? All this to come in this week's FT Money Show. I'm Elaine Moore and I'll be bringing you the financial lowdown in downloadable form with my colleagues from FT Money, Lucy Warwick-Ching. Hello. Tanya Poli. Hi. And our special studio guest, Alice Ross, currency correspondent for the Financial Times. Hello. Let's start with the money news. This week, there's been a steady stream of downbeat news about the UK's housing market. The Bank of England says mortgage approvals fell to an 18-month low in June. And according to Nationwide Building Society, house prices fell in July for the fourth time in five months. But existing homeowners with a large amount of equity have some reason to be cheerful. Right now, they're being targeted by several lenders who have launched new loans at historic low rates. Tanya... Just how low are these historic low rates? Well, obviously, it's a subject we talked about in last week's FT Money podcast. Um, we obviously had last week had Santana come out with a um, another five-year fix at 2.99%, which followed HSBC's deal the week before. Now, this week, we've had um, Nationwide Build Society come out with a four-year fix, slightly shorter than the five-year fix, um, at a rate of 2.89%. So that's amazingly low. We've obviously never seen it this low. It does get to a point where you wonder whether it's going to go any lower, because we always talk about this, but at the moment, who knows? Um, we also, this week, saw RBS, um, which is obviously the state-supported bank. Um, they came out with a five-year fix at um, 2.95%, so obviously just slightly undercutting um, the deals launched by HSBC and Santander last week. Um, and obviously, like you mentioned, they're all targeted at what the banks deem low-risk borrowers, those borrowers that have large deposits, about 40% of more. So we talked about this last week. We're talking about it this week. Are we going to be talking about it next week? Is this going to keep on happening? There's a good chance. I mean, obviously, um, yesterday, uh, on Wednesday, we basically had the launch of the government's funding for lending scheme, which is basically aimed at encouraging banks and building societies to lend more to households and small businesses. Um, So there's been a lot of talk about that this week in terms of, you know, where is that money going to be kind of targeted? And a lot of a lot of the brokers and experts I've been speaking to have said that they're kind of concerned that they're still going to be targeted at those kind of low-risk borrowers, um, if if anything, because actually the banks can just use it to reduce their own books and capital costs um, rather than actually focusing on lending. So it'll be interesting to see 
you know what impact that actually has. So let's talk about the funding for lending scheme. What, what's the idea behind this? It literally is to encourage banks and builder societies to lend more. So, so the banks that actually do lend more will be incentivized by actually having cheaper um, funding costs and what they can get on the wholesale markets. This is obviously hoped to kind of you know boost the economy by kind of bringing more lending in, encouraging more people to you know remortgage as well as buy homes um obviously then that will have an impact on the economy because uh, you know there's a certain amount of um costs involved when people move home they'll be sort of boosting the economy in different sort of ways um by building costs you know all that kind of stuff so is the idea that this is going to help the housing market we've seen prices just seem to be coming down and down month by month is this supposed to unstick a stuck market i guess that's part of the aim um it- We'll have to see really what impact it's going to have. We obviously had the um, NPC minutes um, just now, just before we started recording this um, Our Money show. Um, they've maintained um, bank rate at 0.5%. There was some like you know speculation that maybe they would cut down to um, 0.25%. But I think they kind of actually want to see what impact the funding for lending scheme is going to have on the market first before they then start to think about maybe reducing base rates further. And when we talk about house prices coming down, there's a couple of exceptions, aren't there? So uh, where we live in London, I've been looking at house prices and they don't seem to be going anywhere at the moment. Yeah, there still seems to be this, obviously, this big north-south divide. Um, Obviously, the nationwide um, house price index this week did talk about sort of average um, house prices falling down across um, England and Wales, 0.9%. So mostly prices are falling across the UK, but obviously um, some of the greater falls are obviously in certain places like up north. Um, London does seem to be in its kind of little world of its own at the moment. So if you do have a large amount of equity or you do have a large deposit, this is a very good time to get a mortgage? It is. And, and you know, we we still don't know. Maybe some of the lenders will come out with um, cheaper um, first-time buyer deals. We did have Lloyds Banking Group earlier this week say um, they're pledging to lend £5 billion, um, by the end of 2012 to first-time buyers. So hopefully we'll see some inroads there as well. Thanks very much, Tanya. And to read more about low mortgage rates for low-risk borrowers, look out for Tanya's article in the money section of this weekend's FT and online at ft.com forward slash money. Still to come on the show, good news for anybody who's fed up with PPI claim calls. First, though, currencies. Betting on the movement of one currency against another, known as foreign exchange trading, has opened up to private investors in the last few years. There are now a number of currency funds that track the movement of currencies such as the euro, the US dollar or sterling. But investors are being warned that many retail currency funds haven't lived up to expectations. Alice, as the FT's resident currency expert, what's your verdict on the funds? Well, it's not looking that good. I had a look at the average currency fund performance over the past year. That's to the end of June. And it's um, about a 6% loss. Um, and actually, it's they seem to be on a bit of a downward um, spiral because the year before that, they made 5%. The year before that, they made 7%. And the year before that, they made 10%. So it's not really looking good. Um, the only thing I would add there is that actually when I looked at the IMA's um, sectors overall, they've got 35 sectors across all sorts of things, equities, bonds, and actually only 10 of those 35 sectors have made any money in the past year. So in fairness, currency funds are struggling along with most of the rest of the market at the moment. So for investors who who don't necessarily know what currency funds are, can you explain how they work? Are they different to your normal investment fund? Yeah, I mean, generally a currency, I mean, they all work in different ways, but generally a currency fund isn't buying or selling any underlying asset like an equity is actually buying a share in a company or a, a bond fund is you know buying a, a local bond in a company or in a country. Um, and currencies are basically just kind of buying and selling one currency against 
another. So that actually makes them very liquid, um, unlike issues that you have particularly with things like property funds where, you know, all the investors want to get out of the fund and then it's really hard to actually sell what the fund owns. You don't have that issue at all in currency funds. So that is one advantage of them. So why is it that some advisors would say that currency funds are not the right place for retail investors? Well, it's basically it's an issue of trying to um, trying to gauge the currency markets at the moment, and that's not just an issue for retail investors, but it's a massive issue for hedge fund investors, institutional investors, as well, because. The big issue with currency markets, and it has been the big issue for the past couple of years, is that you're getting all of this intervention from central banks. Basically, everyone wants a weak currency at the moment. And you've seen all of these um, central banks doing, you know, quantitative easing, monetary easing, flooding the market with their own currency in order to try and weaken it and then, you know, give their own economies a boost. But this is really unpredictable. So no one ever quite knows when a central bank is going to wade in and suddenly announce something and then that makes it so hard if you thought a currency was going in one nice direction. Suddenly the central bank says, oh, actually, we're going to do this. And then it completely turns around. So a lot of currency managers, both for the retail market and the institutional market, have been totally foxed by this in recent years. So if you are an investor and you are very convinced about the direction of a currency, is there any way of investing in it that you'd recommend? What about spread betting? Yeah, I mean, basically, you could trust your money to one of these currency fund managers, bearing in mind that they're taking views on lots of different currencies um, and bearing in mind that it's been quite hard for them generally to get that call right in the past year. Or if you feel really certain about one particular currency, you could buy a currency ETF. Um, ETF Securities has been uh, launching a number of these recently. And so you could basically say, I think sterling is going to rise against the dollar. And then you buy a particular ETF that just expresses that one view, that one currency thing. So you could do it that way. So as the currency correspondent for the FT, can you tell us a little bit about what's been happening with certain currencies? So sterling, for example, what's what's been going on with sterling? Uh, Well, sterling is a really interesting one at the moment because um, basically things are not looking good for the UK economy. You know, we haven't seen decent growth figures recently. Um, The Bank of England has recently been uh, doing even more monetary easing because it's so worried about the economy. But because we are in Europe and we're not the euro, a lot of people have been buying sterling because they see it as a haven in Europe. So that's kind of been keeping sterling you know, oddly supported. It's actually at, um, what is it now? I think two and a half, three year highs against the euro. Um, And it's not doing too badly against the US dollar either. So you've got that kind of weird, um, you know, conflicting reasons kind of affecting sterling. And where it will go from here, it's not sure because it all depends on, as does almost everything else in the world right now, what happens in the eurozone. Is there such a thing as a safe currency anymore? Well, this is the thing as well. So you did have the ultra safe currencies were the Swiss franc and the US dollar and the Japanese yen. But all of those uh, central banks are trying to weaken their currencies because everyone has tried to buy them in recent years because they're safe. And then the currencies get too strong. And then uh, particularly in Switzerland, um, they are trying, I mean, the Swiss National Bank is really trying actively to weaken the franc at the moment. So are there any currency funds out there that you would recommend or that you think are attractive right now? Or are they all much of a muchness? I think I'm going to mention a few in my piece. So um, have a read of that in the weekend FT. But uh, there's there's no standout fund at the moment. I mean, to be honest, they're all losing money right now. Thanks very much, Alice. Warning words to look out. Sorry. To find out more about the returns offered by currency funds, look out for Alice's article in the money section of this weekend's FT and online at ft.com forward slash money. And finally today, PPI. 
Last week, Lloyds Banking Group announced that it was setting aside another £700 million to compensate customers who claim that they were missold loan insurance. This puts the bank's total provision for PPI at a staggering £4.3 billion. PPI is now shaping up to be the biggest consumer mis-selling scandal of all time, but banks are blaming the surging complaints on claims management companies. Lucy, I feel like I'm getting several texts or phone calls every week from companies who claim they can get me back some PPI, and I know that I was never sold a PPI policy. So how many of these companies are there out there? Well, there's literally hundreds, and loads of them have sprung up in the last couple of years just to really feed on this latest consumer scandal. And I think probably all of our listeners will have had some kind of contact from one of these firms, whether it's an unsolicited phone call or a text or they could have had letters. And the problem is that I think lots of these companies are just sending these random texts out to anybody. They've got absolutely no information at the moment about who's had PPI. And what they're hoping will happen is that you will text back and say either stop, which tells them that you are a real person, or you'll tell them, yes, I've had PPI and I want to take out one of your services. Um, But the problem is, is that people don't understand that if you do go through one of these claims management companies, that you will then have to give them, say, a quarter, in some cases up to half or even 75% of that compensation you could get back. So that's something to really be aware of. And actually, it's not very difficult for people to, to pursue these claims themselves. But some of the consumer groups are saying that banks are not making it easy enough and that when you go onto a bank's website, it's not very clear how you apply for PPI compensation. Do you think that's right? I think to a certain extent that is right, and which put out a, a statement earlier this week talking about this very fact. But there are websites that can help you do it. So Money Saving Expert does have something, and which also, I mean, I think which should be the first point, of course, the Consumers Association. So it's kind of there to help consumers. And if you go onto their website, they have a kind of step-by-step guide. And I'm writing a box for this Saturday on exactly how to make a claim. So we just really want to make it as easy as possible so people don't go through one of these companies and pay the extra fee. So talk me through it. How complicated is it? The first thing to do is actually think about why you think you were missold. So if you didn't realise at the point of sale that you were taking this out, that's a reason. Other people that I've spoken to have said that they were told when they took out the loan that if they didn't take out PPI then they wouldn't be able to get that product. My my friends at a dinner party this week were all talking about it and it actually surprised me that a lot of people did think that you have to, had to take this out. So lots of people that are very knowledgeable that work in the city they, they took out say credit cards and at the point of sale they were told you had to take out PPI so they could actually be looking to claim back some of this money and, and which put out a release earlier saying there's £10 billion that's been put aside by the banks, so you could be able to get some of this money yourself if you're eligible. Not all of that's been paid out yet. It's only about half, isn't it, that's been paid out so far? Yes. So we talk in the office about these texts that we get. I got one this morning and said something about £3,661, very specific. Tanya, you've had some as well. I'm just, yeah, I mean, there's been persistent and I've even had like um, phone calls to my home phone and I've actually, you know, got into conversations with them and actually said, look, what um, product was it that you claim I've been missold? And they mm-hmm. can't go into it, but they actually very persistent on the phone call. They won't leave you alone. They don't want you to just put the phone down, that kind of stuff. So I actually didn't realise myself that saying stop it was actually a bad thing. Well, that's what these companies want. They want to know that there is a real person at the end of this number that they've randomly sent it to. So because even if you don't take out a service with them, if these companies find out details about you and then pass them on to another company, they get a referral fee so they can get up to £800. 
So do it yourself. Don't go to a claims management company. Thank you very much, Lucy. For more on claims management companies and cold calls and how best to claim missile PPI, make sure you read Lucy's article in the money section of your weekend's FT. That's all we have time for in this week's FT Money Show. Remember, you'll find all of these stories on our website, ft.com forward slash money. You can follow our tweets at twitter.com forward slash FT Money. And if you have a question that you'd like us to answer, just email us. The address is money at ft.com. Next week, we'll bring you another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me, Tanya, Lucy and Alice Ross, currency correspondent of the Financial Times. Goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.